Putting a bow on development camp, I got three players that stood out to me more than any at Sabres development camp. I'll let you know who they are when we come back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty, welcome into the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sneaky Joe DiBiase and I am excited for today's show. A lot to get to, including development camp, wrap up three standout players from development camp that I want to focus in on. Comments made by Don Granado after development camp and a couple of interesting things he had to say about the Sabres blue line that is worth mentioning on today's show. And I'll tell you why I am still in on Brett Pesci as a trade idea for the Buffalo Sabres. All that is coming your way here on the Locked on Sabres podcast at Sneaky Joe Sports if you want to follow us on Twitter. We're not yet on threads, but we'll get there pretty soon if you're uh, looking for your Twitter alternatives these days like many are. Um, But a lot to get to on today's show. And again, feel free to reach out to us at Sneaky Joe Sports or uh, comment section on YouTube, another good way to get involved with the program. So, before we get to development camp, we had the three-on-three tournament uh, on Thursday. We had practices throughout the week as well, and I thought there were a lot of good moments. You know, Zach Benson right at the forefront. His team wins the championship in the three-on-three tournament, and spoiler alert, he's one of my three standouts, but I'll get to him a little bit uh, later on. So, Gavin McCarthy, not one of my three standouts. Local kid from Clarence, I thought, had a nice camp. Ryan Johnson, a little bit older player, of course, also. Um, So a good overall camp. It was hot in Buffalo this week, right? 88 degrees, humid, hazy, smoky, just not, not the most ideal conditions, if you ask me for being outside. And yes, I know I say that as someone that has clearly gotten some sun uh, this week with the, uh, you know, the 4th of July, but nice week to be indoors. I think the weather actually maybe helped you go inside. Let me go to Harbor center. Let me get into that cool rink. Um, you might even need a, you might even need a sweatshirt when you were in the rink like I did. So cool week to have it right after the draft. And now, you know, the Sabres have a bit of some, uh, some off time. Everybody does the prospects, um, the players, the coaches, uh, everybody as we get into the, uh, the dry season of the NHL calendar. So before we get to development camp, though, Don Granado spoke with the media after camp. And, you know, he did get asked, of course, and talked about the prospects and what he liked and what he saw. But I think the most notable two things that Granado talked about was one, Jack Quinn. And Don Granado, you know, sounded how you might think he'd sound on Jack Quinn, said that Quinn will be better for this and that he will pick up things watching the team from above. And Granado said he'll be working a lot one-on-one with Quinn off the ice, you know, meetings daily, film watching, um, trying to help him grow as a player, even though he won't be on the ice for the first couple months of the season. I watched a Jack Quinn highlight video. It was like 10 minutes long. I think the Royal Report was the one on YouTube that put out the highlight reel. And I was watching Quinn's best moments from last year and think, and reminding myself of why I think he was the Sabres breakout candidate for this season before he got injured. The hands, the speed, the shot, it was really coming on strong. I, I'm like, I'm I gotta I'm not gonna lie, I'm depressed still. You know, a week later, I'm still depressed about the idea 
that Jack Quinn is not going to be there for the first couple months of the season. And then, you know, we'll see what kind of form he's in at the end of the season. But I really thought there was a huge year coming for him. And maybe there still is. But that was interesting. You know, the the one-on-one time he's going to have with Quinn. Quinn will be around daily meetings, you know, watching the team from above. So that was the first interesting thing. And then Granado did not sound like I thought he would on the Sabres blue line and their defensive additions. Of course, the Sabres signed Connor Clifton, Eric Johnson in free agency, and Granado gets the question about them. And a couple of things that he talked about that I wasn't expecting. One, Granado, and I think Joe Marino from the Charging Buffalo actually pointed this out even before I did, um, that Granado sounds more willing or has more of an appetite to pair left shot D with right shot D on a defense pairing. And typically he has been a coach that doesn't care about that. Now, maybe that's because of the options he's had that he hasn't cared about it, but he's not really ever cared too much about that. You know, Darlene and Samuelson are two left shot defensemen that play great together on the top pairing. Uh, And Owen Power logs a bunch of minutes as well. Most of the Sabres minutes come from left shot defensemen. And I don't know whether or not he'll include Darlene as a left guy or a right guy. Darlene is a left shot defenseman, but to me, has always played better on the right side. I don't know if Granado agrees with that. He didn't really go in depth on it. But he sounded more willing to want to go to a left shot. He said the words. It's more natural for a left shot defenseman to play with a right shot defenseman. He said those words, and I'm not sure I'd ever heard them have that admission before. The other thing Granado had to say about the blue line sounded more like Eric Johnson's going to start in the top four than I thought he would. A lot of talk about Johnson. He mentioned Johnson, the possibility of him playing with Darlene. Mentioned the possibility of him playing with Owen Power. And the way he sounded on Johnson, who he was more willing and wanting to talk about even than Clifton, you know, his experience, how great a player he's been in the past, I don't know. I think it sounded to me like Johnson is going to be the guy that gets the first crack at the top four. I don't know that it'll last even past the first game, but that's at least how it sounded to me. Um, Talked about him on the penalty kill as well. Clifton and Johnson improving the penalty kill, and he expects that those two are going to do that. Very good shot blockers, um, experienced players in that area. So I think he is tasking those two with improving the Sabres' penalty kill, which we know was dreadful last year in uh, in a lot of ways. So a couple of uh, uh, headlines, I thought, from Granado's uh, time with the media this week. When we come back, my three standouts at development camp. One obvious one and two under-the-radar Sabre prospects that I want to get to when we come back. That's coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are presented to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet $20. bucks, you will land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to have the first home run of the game. All on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. 
Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Sneaky Joe here on the here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To development camp, the Sabres get through some practices and then the three-on-three tournament. Watched a lot, if not all, of the three-on-three tournament and then watched it back a little bit as well. And I've got three standouts for you, not just from the three-on-three tournament, but for development camp Overall, and not everybody was participating, of course. You know, your Isaac Rosines, your Yuri Kulik's, your Devin Levi's. Not everybody was participating. The entirety of the Sabres draft class from this past draft um, last week was participating. A couple other guys from past drafts that were standouts as well. The number one guy. Let me get him out of the way. Zach Benson. First overall, first round pick of the Sabres last week. Everyone is saying he is the number one prospect already for the Sabres. All the prospect guys are putting him right to the top of the list as the Sabres' number one prospect, and I don't think that's crazy in any way. And he really showed off at camp. I mean, the hands that were on display. During the drills, you could see the skating agility, and you could see the hands, and you could see the shot. You could see the offensive ability that was on display with Zach Benson. and. The creativity that was on display. Man, I, I, he really screams Datsuk to me. Until a prospect guy tells me I'm wrong for comparing Benson to Datsuk, that's the guy I'm running with. Like, we hear a lot more of a Braden Point comparison for him, which is you know a high accolade as well. But until I hear otherwise, I am running with Datsuk as his, compar- as his comparison. And like Datsuk, the defense was notable. In the tournament, is when we really saw, you know, him as the pickpocketer. You know, coming up from behind a guy, stick lift, swipe, and he's back the other way before that player can even turn around. So fast, so quick at get, creating turnovers. And that is something you can only show off so much in a drill that he really showed fans, I think, in the three-on-three tournament. So Zach Benson was incredible. His team won the tournament, uh, the three-on-three tournament. He was the standout. So number one for me has got to be Zach Benson. Two more under-the-radar prospects that I thought were standouts for the Sabres during development camp. Number one, Nick, or number two, I should say, after Benson, Nikita Novikov, a six-round pick of the Sabres in the 2021 NHL Draft. Russian prospect actually made the Russian World Junior team last December um, and had five assists in seven games. Uh Actually, no, excuse me. That was his world. It was uh, 18. That was his world 18 uh, tournament stats from the year before. Um, only played two games for the world junior tournament for Russia. And then the tournament was canceled. So looking back at Novikov's Hayes uh, development camp, you know, big defensive defenseman. He is six foot four, already 200 pounds. Like he's a good sized player among the guys out there. He's one of the bigger guys. Pretty good puck skills. I mean, really jumping up in the play in the three-on-three tournament, that's where I thought he might get exposed a little bit. The All the open ice, the three-on-three, him being a more defensive defenseman. Um, but he really did play well, I thought. And he really kept up. He made a lot of good you know, stick checks, um, jumped up in the play when he needed to, scored a goal, had another really nice assist, so threw his weight around a little bit on the offensive end. Um, still, I think, 
a defensive defenseman. You know, his EP rinkside uh, profile says on defense he uses raw size to take up a lot of space, block lanes, get his sick in wherever he can. And you can see that for sure. But this guy is really coming on as a Sabre prospect. And this development camp, I think, was just another sign of that. You know, he makes the Russian World Junior team. That might be a sign number one. A six-round pick is doing that. And then we start to learn more about this guy and what happened at that draft. And, you know, we hear from the Sabres even. Kevin Adams this week spoke about how Novikov would have went rounds earlier had teams knew he'd come over from Russia. And that has now happened. He's going to play for Rochester this year. And I'm very excited to see what he can do for Rochester on the blue line because he might be tracking towards becoming an NHL defenseman right now. He If he, he was going to go rounds earlier, if you knew he was going to come over and now he came over, well, now it feels like did they get a second-round guy, third-round guy, um, that they they got a huge value just because of where he played and the, the question mark of whether he would ever come over. Well, here he comes, Nikita Novikov, and it sounds to me like he might be the number one defenseman in the Sabres organization for, for prospects. Um, I'd like to ask one of the Sabre prospect guys, maybe we'll have one on next week to ask that question. He'd be being compared to Ryan Johnson, Maxim Streback, who they just picked in the second round, Gavin McCarthy, who they just picked in the third round. Novikov might outrank them all as the number one prospect in the Sabres organization that's not yet with the NHL team. And I thought he was really good at camp. You know, not that fast, not the best skating skills, but I wouldn't say he's also you know, got bricks for skates or anything like that. He's good enough in that department to really utilize his skating and or to utilize his uh, his, his puck skills and his um, defensive skills otherwise. So Nikita Novikov thought he had a really good camp, and uh, his momentum is building towards eventually becoming an NHL defenseman, but he'll be with Rochester this year. 109 games of KHL experience, by the way, for Novikov. So he already is a little bit above the curve for his age. At 19 years old, he already has 109 games of KHL experience. And typically, guys of his age are playing in the MHL, which is below the KHL as the second-tier league. My number three prospect that stood out at development camp, another Russian, Alexander Kisikov, uh, another Russian prospect, he was a second-round pick of the Buffalo Sabres, 53rd overall in that 2021 NHL draft, the same draft where they picked Novikov. He's also, by the way, dubbed for Rochester this year. He played in Rochester last year, 48 games played, um, only six goals, two assists, very inconsistent all year for Rochester. Did not play in the playoffs. He had not earned a spot for the ro- on the roster for the playoffs. But year two now in North America, year two in Rochester, and Another year where he could put on some more weight. And Kisikov was as small as it gets for an NHL draft pick. At, he was listed at 5'10", 150. 150 pounds when he showed up to the Sabres organization. So another offseason to put on a little bit more weight. And I think you could you could tell. I mean, he's still not bulky. He's still very slender, very you know skinny. Um, still only 20 years old, but I, I think he's put on more weight than certainly what he had, what he was listed at when he came into the, into the, in the Sabres organization after he was drafted. Um, Rochester listed him actually last year at 160. So he had put on 10 pounds in that year. And I think he maybe has put on another 10 pounds, maybe another 15 pounds. Um, just a guess. I don't know what he weighed in at. I didn't see weights or anything for development camp, but um, Kisikov looked bigger. And that's good because his number one attribute to me is his skating. He is fast, 
very agile, very quick skater, you know, very quick feet. So that makes him very good side to side with his edge work and his agility. Um, the skating is on display for sure with Kisikov. Very good hands, you know, pretty decent shot. Nothing crazy with the shot, but good enough. The hands is good, and the, and the skating is incredible as well. Um, two goals, four points for Kisikov at the three-on-three tournament. I saw uh, Matthew Fairburn from The Athletic tweet out that stat line, and I was impressed by him at the three-on-three tournament. A lot of open ice, you know, is right up right in his wheelhouse that three-on-three tournament uh, with all the, the skating a bit, uh, room that he had. So I thought Kisikov was really good all week long, and I think the three-on-three tournament even more so for him because of his style of player. I think it was perfect uh, for his attributes. So Alexander Kisikov, another player that I might not want to project right now that he becomes an NHL player, but it's getting more interesting with him that he could become that. Uh, pair him with Prokhor Poltapov. And, you know, those Russian prospects they drafted in the 2021 class, you know, I I think the odds are one of them is going to develop. It just might be a question of who. And Kisikov, I thought, you know, had a a strong showing uh, in this last week. So what I'd be looking for from him is a giant step forward in Rochester. You know, he had six goals and eight points in 48 games played last year. What I'd like to see from Kisikov, make it so that when the playoffs show up, you're in the lineup and you're an important player in the lineup. That's what I need to see from Alexander Kisikov this year. He put on the weight. You know, he's getting stronger as a player. Um, He's got the experience now. 48 games played in North America. 48 games played in Rochester. Go produce. Go be a contributor. Don't be a guy that's just here because we don't really have any other place to put you. That was a little bit of Kisikov's season was they wanted him here. They didn't want him in Russia with all that's going on over there. Um, They wanted him here and developing. But there really was nowhere else to play play some other than Rochester. So don't be a guy that's just there because we need to put you somewhere. Be a contributor. Um, so uh, double-digit goals at least, you know, maybe a 40-point campaign would be a nice bar to set for Kisikov. That's what I'd want to see from him uh, if he's got any future as an NHL player. They, I think we need to see a step, uh, a big-time step from him with the Amherst, uh this season. By the way, just as a reminder of what kind of player we're talking about with him uh, from someone that isn't me, the, the Elite Prospects draft guide from a couple years ago described him as there's a lot of pace and creativity in Kisikov's game, attacks the neutral zone with crossovers, tracing, weaving patterns that veil his intentions from defenders. He closes the gap with them, he abruptly cuts one way, forcing them to cross their feet or pivot to match his turn, and then explodes in the opposite direction, gaining the zone to fire on that. So pretty much what I had to say, you know, the cutting ability, the agility, the skating is the number one thing that you're going to notice with Kisikov and that I noticed from Kisikov at development camp. Novikov, Benson, Kisikov, my three standouts from Sabres Development Camp. Quickly, when we come back, I want to remind everybody why I am still in on the Brett Pesci trade idea. I still believe that that could happen. I'll tell you why when we come back here on the Lockdown Sabres Podcast. Welcome back to the Lockdown Sabres Podcast with Joe DiBiase. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Brett Pesci. I think is still on the trade market. So there was a rumor from Elliot Friedman that Pesci had the Sabres on his no trade list. And that it kind of feels like it should be dead, right? And there was a rumor about the Predators being interested. And, you know, we, we, we go on with Brett Pesci. But what I wonder is 
Can the Sabres get Carolina to convince him to waive his no trade clause for the Sabres? Now they'd have to have the best offer in the first place to do that. But I, th- I wonder if they can convince Pesci that Sab- the, the Sabres is the best idea for him and that they'll pay him one year left, $4.1 million. And Carolina, they are, I think they're going to trade him. There are rumors now that they're going to sign Vladimir Tarasenko. That's another big contract potentially on their books. Um, they got to pay Sebastian Ajo. They got to pay Tavo Teravainen. They, if they want to pay Brady Shea, you know, they got to do that. Um, they got to pay Stefan Nuisen, Jack Drury, if they want it, Seth Jarvis. Uh, you know, Martin Nikas is coming up next year. They got big money to give away. And I don't think Pesci is going to be a part of that. So they're going to move him. They're going to move him. And that especially, I think, even gets doubled down on when they, you know, they signed Dmitry Orlov to a $7.7 million deal to add to their blue line. So the Sabres got to have the best offer. And then they got to convince Pesci. So there's a long road here. But the trade I just think makes too much sense is Brett Pesci for Henry Yokiharu in a first-round pick. Yokiharu at a smaller cap number I think would be enticing to Carolina, can replace Pesci in the lineup or further down the lineup, but save Carolina some cap and get them some cap relief. Um, so And the first-round pick value I think is smart as well. But again... Pesci's got a big no-trade list. That's the other thing. 15 teams. I wonder where the Sabres rank on the 15 teams. We know that the Sabres have been taken off no-trade lists more and more as time has gone on here in the last year. So when was that no-trade loss submitted? Okay, that's the first interesting question. And two, how high on the list were they? Were they the number one team he listed? Because then there's no chance you're going to get convince them to come here. But... Was he kind of starving for teams at the end? Maybe he, there's only real five teams that he didn't want to go to, but he's got a list of 15. You might as well submit 15. So that would be the conversation I'd want to have. Did you only put the Sabres because you had the list 15? And of course, you're going to get to Buffalo if you list 15. But maybe they were 12th on your list, 13th on their list. Um, or I should say the 12th team that you listed. Um I, that's what I would wonder. I don't know that, so I'm pure speculation when I say that, but I wonder if that trade can still be had, If but the Sabres would have to do a little bit of work in convincing him that this is the best offer. We're going to give you the contract you want. We're going to give you the role you want. You're going to pair with Owen Power for the next five years, and you're going to be a stud. We're going to make the playoffs. Um, Eric Johnson, Connor Clifton, like they're starting to gain more of a reputation where they can convince these good veterans to come here. And I think, you know, I'd like to see that tested uh, with a Brett Pesci because I think he fits perfect for what the Sabres need. Uh, Good in his own end, historically, not as much last year. Good puck mover and, you know, can log a bunch of minutes on the Sabres' second pair, and I would like him a lot better than uh, Eric Johnson or Connor Clifton for that role. All right, we'll see. And maybe there's something still to be had with Brett Pesci. Anyways, that's going to do it for me today on the Locked On Sabres podcast. If you got a thought on anything we had to say today, uh, feel free to reach out at Sneaky Joe Sports, at Locked On Sabres, or on the podcast account on our YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week here on the Locked On Sabres podcast.